1: And how are you, Andrea?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking me. I'm super excited well, you're, about today. Well, you're welcome uh,
1: for me asking. It's a pleasure <laughs> always to start a show off with that question.
2: <laughs> I love it. So, Ken, so we have what a dose of, of hope. Stuff do you have in store?
1: Yeah. The dose of hope. Um, crazy how much this pandemic has caused the pendulum to swing towards a necessity for hope, a dose of hope, and we were hoping to have 800 pages to deliver in a Dose of Hope book um, about yay thick, about as thick as a big Subway sandwich, and we ended up with over 1,550 pages, so we're almost at 1,600 pages, so I think we're gonna divide it into two books, two doses of Hope, stack them together, you get a cube of hope. that is what we're doing for the holidays.
2: and Oh, I see. Please, a dose times two. <clears throat> mm, I love yeah,
1: it. <laughs> you love it. And uh, <laughs> we're making this very clear in the show because a lot of people may have not gotten their letter out to Santa yet, and this would be a great thing to add to your list because this will get you through the year. You can open up any part of the book and find a wonderful chapter that will give you inspiration and I think really show you that anyone that's making it in this world, they had to overcome challenges and obstacles and failures just like you. So how was your weekend?
2: It's been fantastic, and I want to remind people that when we're talking about a dose of hope that we're referring to, the Keep Smiling movement. It's a 5013C mental and dental health organization, and what we do is we spread hope one smile at a time by giving a dose of hope, and that's uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins that come from giving a smile And what we do is we provide services like meditation and hypnosis to help people overcome stress. We also provide these beautiful books for people as inspiration and motivation that are also not only a storybook but also a picture book to help inspire not only by visually looking at people who are influencers, movers, shakers, volunteers doing wonderful things in the world but hearing stories of them overcoming challenges and how they spread smiles in the world. And we also pass out these lovely cards in over 27 languages to keep smiling movement And we have a support group online for people to come and share positive messages to help keep them motivated and happy and excited and having things happen in the world. So wanted to remind people of that. And then we're accepting donations all the time so we can serve more people. And you can go to www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com to find out more information or find out how you can volunteer or donate as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and two little additional parts. It's not going to be one smile at a time anymore because of dose. So it's going to be two smiles Ooh. at a time. So we're doubling down. And last but not least, if you would like the graphic of A Dose of Hope to remind the world that there is hope and that you are part of the movement and you are part of the mindset that anything is possible, just simply connect with us and ask for that book cover and you'll get the whole ebook as a thank you. 800 pages. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Super fun stuff, super fun stuff.
1: <laughs> so we have a big show today.
2: We do, super big. I'm uh, getting everybody online here for Facebook as well so we can include all those wonderful people so they can see what's happening in the world. And we have two guests today. Um, in the past, oh, I should mention our sponsors because today is all about one of our featured sponsors, Opus Opus.Finance, that's ope P-E-S.finance. And our other sponsors are the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Voice America Influencers Channel, Perfect Publishing, and Big Events USA. And of course, our featured sponsor that we are, or excuse me, charity that we already mentioned, the KeepSmilingMovement.com. So we have two great guests today from the marketing team of Opus.Finance and Ken, um, you know, uh, you, it's because of you that, uh, in your introduction to people, that we ended up um, even knowing that Opus exists in the world, and it has certainly started to change our lives as well as the lives of many. It's a decentralized, um, global financing and uh, processing system for all kinds of things in the world using blockchain. And um, so uh, we were originally introduced to it because you were friends with Patrick Cuttle, who's joining us today, and also Vince Wicker, who um, Patrick, I believe, knew and brought Vince into everything. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So before I do their bios, was there anything else that we needed to cover?
1: No, we have a big show, so let's get to it.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. Let me uh, pull up uh, Patrick's stuff here. And uh, so Patrick Puddle, he has been in the finance industry since uh, graduating in 1974. He, he wanted us to know that yes, that was 1974. And he's had many high level roles within the life and health insurance industry for 25 years, mainly in recruiting and marketing. And he transferred to the mortgage industry where he owned his own company and was the recruiter trainer for marketing and development for 26 years. And then the crash wiped us out as many people did. And with his knowledge of marketing, he started an internet marketing company and built the back end for a few, uh, a little bit of time there for a few MLMs. And he bought his first Bitcoin at less than $10. And to him, it was like buying a pet rock, you know, that's what you have. You just have your little pet rock there and you keep it. (laughs) And then he started an SEO software business with over 2000 clients to date. And he met Ken at a conference and fell in love with the vision of the Keep Smiling movement. And then here he is today um, as a part of the adoption bell curve for the cryptocurrency and how we're going to change people's lives. And we also have Vince joining us. Vince Wicker has more than two decades of management consulting experience. His work in helping clients drive increased value spans across industries. He was the founding member of two management consulting firms where he successfully grew those businesses and he ran an industry analysis practice and he conducted comprehensive software um, as far as the company and product um, annual ratings and he also participated in investment research for investors and sovereign wealth funds and he he holds a BBA in marketing and finance from the Ross School of Business from the University of Michigan and an MBA from, um, I don't know how to pronounce that, Gwazeta Business School at Emory University. And he has more than two decades of that experience. Um, You know, so it's just really fun to have him here. And he is, uh, both guys, let me bring them on here for you. Um, I've had the pleasure of getting to know them quite a bit because we are in meetings together uh, quite regularly, almost every single night here, Uh, let me, get started uh there's been an update on zoom and so my buttons have moved a little bit so there we go well there is patrick tuttle and there is vince with us hello gentlemen
1: hello
3: and how are you (laughs) okay is that the new thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's 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 the v for vince and then it's and it's l for love vince love it's vince love is that what it is
4: well i could do the whole yeah, I could do YMCA, but we run out of time, and I'd throw my back out. So,
1: well, um, it's hard to believe the two of you were separated at birth. That is one thing that I find mm-hmm. the most interesting about the start of this show is how much you guys have kind of changed in how you look. Yeah, a little bit. So, Patrick, you're going for <laughs> the Santa Claus look, <laughs> and you're going with a Santa Claus look.
3: Yeah, really. That's you know, it's a mm-hmm. new thing, you know.
1: Well, that's we, a, that's we a have smart to looking a beard.
3: Environment, right? So we're, we're hanging out as a as, as Santa Claus this year.
1: Well, I think you could join the Beard Club and be a contender for a championship. That's a, that's a very smart looking beard.
3: I do,
2: definitely. So, well, um, you know, Ken, I'm really excited that you're a part of uh, Opus as well too. <laughs> now that you um, you have uh, been. Um, Oh, shown what we're doing and, and that we can share, and so that's part of what we wanted to do today is share the world with what's going on.
1: Yeah, so let's do a little backstory first. I am sure when you guys both came into the world, and we will start with Patrick first. Uh, you were a little child, just learning one of your first words, crypto and currency. So, I get back how in you 1952,
3: become. 1952. Yeah, <laughs> that was the top. That was the top news story back then.
1: Now, un- unlike some of the guests we have on the show, you and I are kind of neighbors. We're in the same state, probably, what, 40 minutes away from each other?
3: Yeah, just about that, yeah.
1: We need to visit each other more often. <laughs> so uh, do, were you born in Maryland? Tell me about your, your no, birth, seen, childhood.
3: Wisconsin, south of Milwaukee. Wisconsin.
1: Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood and how it relates to what you're doing now.
3: Uh, there's nothing at all that in my childhood that relates to what I'm doing now.
1: Okay, so you were never like a guru at uh, finance or um, no. being a little entrepreneur? making. I'll tell you the,
3: I'll tell you the, one, the one thing that kind of relates to what we're doing right now. Back when I was 10 years old and moved, moved to Maryland, I lived in an apartment complex. And as, as a third grader, you know, we were all into baseball cards and stuff like that at the time. And since I moved from Milwaukee to, to, to Maryland... You know, and we are close to New York and Philly. All of my friends would, you know, we would buy bubble gum and baseball cards and put them in in the, in the spokes of our, our bicycles, right? So I used to trade like my Mickey Mantles for, you know, I can't remember the names of the players of the baseball team in Milwaukee for the for the for the uh, Milwaukee Braves. You know. Um, other than Hank Aaron, maybe, or mm-hmm. you know. some. So, so you know, I, I was trading nickel and dime coins for or coins. I that, that kind of came into my mind right now because it's it's imperative. But cards for now, cards that are five and ten and fifteen thousand dollars, right? So it it's like it's a relevant story to what we're going to talk about today. Is it just came into my mind because it actually does make some sense.
1: So you traded Mickey Mantle cards you had, or you traded for Hank, you Aaron. Yeah, Hank, Hank Aaron? Yeah, Hank Aaron. Okay, very cool. And, the
3: ones that, and then when, when he would beat us, I'd put them in my spokes and rip them up.
1: <laughs> you know, that really was fun when uh, you put the cards in the bicycle. It's, so, it's such a funny thing that that would <laughs> be the, yeah, cool, really, the yeah. cool sound to have, right? Yep. And Vince, um, you were born in not only the great state of Rhode Island, but one of the first states to adopt crypto and really be a leader in the world of showing how crypto works.
4: Well, to be fair, I was actually, I live in Rhode Island, but I was actually born in Detroit. Detroit, So So another Midwest, yeah, another Midwestern, um, another Midwestern place. And uh, Detroit was a, a really interesting place to grow up in and a really interesting place to just to be from. And it's a really good place to go back to. And I got started along this journey and oddly enough, in the middle of a massive industry like the auto industry, I always wanted to do something different because it felt like everyone else was doing this car thing there has to be something else i didn't realize it was a behemoth and it was going to you know it just ruled the city but i've always had um businesses and started since high school and college always had either software business or something else just to really see how things really worked because i'm you know i believed everything was the system was ever for everybody else and there was always a way around the system. And uh that's how I've been kind of operating and having fun at that since a very young age.
1: Well I mean anyone that Googles um the place to live after Detroit is definitely Rhode Island. So that I, I get the Yeah, continuity. it comes up. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like A to B. So what brought you to Rhode Island? That is definitely a wacky transition. No,
4: so I've lived in a t- I've lived in a, a lot of different places. I lived in San Francisco, I've lived in Atlanta, and when I, as a consultant, I traveled all over the world, and I would be gone for extraordinarily um, long periods of time, and when, you know, you start growing a family, my uh, wife's family was a little bit closer in Connecticut to here, so we wanted to, you know, be in a place where she had some backstop and family, so we moved here, and it's just been a really, really great experience. It's been a really great place to, to have the kids grow up in little towns with woods and beaches and you know, mountains not that far away. It's been really neat. Nothing like Atlanta, nothing like Detroit. It's a totally unique place, Rhode Island. I encourage everyone to visit
1: between May and August. <laughs> All right. Well before we ask the final part of the marketing team, Andrea, about her input, I would like to just ask, I guess, another Rhode Island tidbit, what what makes Rhode Island such a great state? Since I was born there, I like to hear fellow Rhode Islanders brag.
4: You know what makes Rhode Island such a great state is how close you are to the water and how much you can appreciate the water. And when people talk about clean water, fresh water, and just the what you can do around it, I, you don't take it for granted. And I think as we move forward in in history, I, as we go forward from history into the future, I think just thinking about how great the world really is, you can walk out of your... You can, you can drive 10 minutes and see how great the world is and look out over the ocean. That's what makes it really good.
1: I agree, and uh, just... To, I guess, add a little bit of the philosophy, or I should say the mindset of abundance, I think Rhode Island depicts how the rich in Newport mansions, uh, summer homes, really caused the world to see that abundance is really as big as you wish it to be. It is, it can be almost unbelievable. And mm-hmm. anyone that has not been to the Newport mansions, I encourage you to see them because they're priceless at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, what, what are, that is probably one of the richest areas in the United States. It could very
4: well be. It could very well be, especially
1: from a square footage
4: point of view. It's great. It's awesome. down there. All
3: right. And and, yeah, and I I have one thing I want to mention and then you can move on to Andrea is that in relationship to uh, how things move and shake in the world, you know, when I was 10, I started my first business and, and I recruited other nine-year-olds in my business. And that was a paper route. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting as you guys are talking that I'm thinking, you know, we've we've gone from something that was very essential back in those days to something that's almost extinct today. And that and that movement and that plane of information from then to now is really relevant to what we're talking about today in terms of a mindset.
1: Well, uh, actually, that's that's a little bit of a segue point for both of you, real quick, because I know Vince, you've have a mindset of really being an outlier, thinking differently, and you had mentioned before the show how your kids are quite extraordinary and quite different, and didn't really necessarily follow a path of crypto or or your particular line of work. Is that how you've brought them up to think
4: differently? Yeah, I brought them up to I brought them up to figure out what they want to do on their own path, and I brought them up to not be consumers to be active producers in whatever they do and they've done it from my one son who builds and rebuilds cars from the ground up and you know if your iphone is broken he'll say oh don't worry about that we'll just order something from china and we'll just go fix it at the fireplace and he will like a fix a phone at the fireplace to my other son who's just you know he's a sailor navigator fisherman he's already done just a ton of things that I would never even think of. I mean, who? What kid wants to be on a crew of a, of a yacht to do a Newport to Bermuda at sixteen, and could sit on a boat for five days with a bunch of adults and just pull his own way? It's really interesting. Um, I would say so. Yeah, and he knows a lot more than me. So they don't even let me on the boat. That's how they know
1: so much more. Well, Patrick, I relate to you with uh, the the newspaper delivery and how that cultivates a mindset of business and entrepreneurism. Um, We're going to come back to this question so you guys can ponder this, but in a a day and age where there are so many times that you have with your family, I want to revisit a question of how do you encourage your kids to learn about this because it would really put them way ahead of the game when they become an adult, and can they invest as a kid or can you help them invest as a kid? So we'll come back to that question in a second. Andrea, you are the third musketeer of the marketing team so share share your viewpoint
2: we have um so the three of us are, are um, um a part of the team we have a, a more people on the team as well but like we're like the three connector ones along with along with ray pepito as well as somebody who's been connecting with people and uh, i'll let uh, Vincent patrick talk more about him later and he may try to join us uh so um an unusual thing so you guys know me as you know, being on here and assisting Ken and as the Keep Smiling movement and the red carpet connection. However, because of Ken introducing me to Patrick and because of the stuff I do in publicity and the connections I have with different people and businesses, that's how I got invited to participate and play in here. And so I'm from Ohio. So for those of you, so we're all kind of a mid- a mid. Uh, Midwest or, or Eastern here. And uh, for me in Ohio, um, I love Ohio. I, 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 although I travel all over the world, I love coming back here and live on a farm. And uh, I love that opportunity that I grew up in a small city where, um, you know, I've lived my entire life, and my whole family and everybody lives in the same city. And that is really a great uh, way to have your life and to have my kids grow up on a farm is fantastic, because they had opportunities that other kids would never, ever have. And uh, for me, it's um, I started my first business was um, in fifth and sixth grade. Uh, we opened up a Ben's Box at school, and they needed an investor. And I happened to have a, a healthy piggy bank because I saved all my birthday money and anything that came my way. And I, you know, started babysitting at eleven, so I had my own money as well. And so I, um, it was either I uh, invested six hundred dollars for four percent or four hundred dollars for six percent. I don't recall. But um, that's what I did. And we started Ben's Box. So I was an investor and then got to help make major decisions for our fifth and sixth grade store. (laughs) And then I have three daughters. So um, uh, my daughter's uh, one of them. She's a 22 she's a homeowner um, um, has a duplex for you know and uh, will be a, a full-fledged English and math teacher at the end of the year my oldest uh, has two wonderful children works for a doctor's office and she's uh, always been a go-getter has six horses she does her own thing and then my uh, middle daughter will uh, graduate with her master's um, and she's uh, just turned 23 and she'll have her master's already uh, here in December so it's pretty cool um, how you know you, and they and they all have have ideas on what else they could do beyond what they do. So it's exciting to hear Vince's kids doing cool things as well. So I'll let you segue back to that question.
1: Well, actually, I want to ask Patrick about, you're, you're, Patrick, you're the reason that this show is existing because it's a conversation and a connection we had at a point that I'm kind of fuzzy about. So I remember Digital Footprint was part of it and Ken Courtright and Carrie Courtright coming up with the income store was part of it and a trip that we took up to New York or Philadelphia but how did how did that actually be created how was that created
3: well I mean through other relationships that I have I knew about the the income store and uh, I knew about the um, event that was taking place you know in New York and so I went there you know on my own to learn more about that because at that time as uh,
1: I thought we did a road trip
3: well, that was after. That was that was that after was not the first time. That was okay. you know, The second time when we did the road trip all the way gotcha. up from here to there, right? Um, but you know, the, the really cool part of it is, is that I was you know starting my SEO business back in those days, and you know this was an SEO conference kind of sorter,
2: mm-hmm. co-
3: kind of sort of, and you know when you look at the lineup of the people that were there, it was uh, it was a place that I wanted to be to be around. You know, positive thinking people that, you know, really had great ideas and vision and, you know, thought outside the box, uh, you know, with a lot of different things. And so, you know, and then and obviously when I got there and you know, your first thing is, Can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? Will you hold this card? Will you hold this card? Can I take a picture? Can I you hold this card? You know
1: I said it more than that.
3: I I don't want to take up the whole half hour. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, Vince, it was almost thirty times and then he was like yeah, let's do that picture before you go to thirty.
3: Absolutely, you know. And then after that, you would, you would, you know, you call me up and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this uh, food thing over here in Baltimore. You want to come and help me out?" And we did that. yeah, you know, we just got to really know and understand each other a little bit, and you know, our personalities. And, so it
1: wasn't a specific person that connected us. It was more of the conference.
3: Yeah, it was a conference.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah. I must have met you at the conference because I, I've done every single uh, one of their events. Okay, cool. And Vince, uh, I have to say that. Of the four people here, you are the only person I haven't been able to ask 31 or 40 times. Can you hold a keep smiling card? But you have a phenomenal haircut. We have a, a big, no, it's bald, beautiful, and bold edition of people that mm-hmm. are carrying the right haircut in the world. So exactly. I'll, I'll make sure I, will make sure I send you a copy of that book. So let's get to business. Real
3: hair, by the way, it's 78 years old is my real hair.
1: That is, and never shaved. That's awesome.
3: Never shaved. <laughs> All
1: right. So we have people that are listening to his show and they're hearing that there's some wonderful people from wonderful places that have made wonderful decisions to get into crypto. And so I'm going to probably request, since Andrea is uh, not only a partner in the, the show, but a partner in the growth of Opus, that there's a lot more um, engagement from her with regard to asking questions that will help our audience understand how they play what this actually is how it pertains to their future how it pertains to their financial abundance etc so i guess the uh, the first question and we'll start with uh, patrick if you can explain to um layman who may not understand this whole phenomenon of a new currency what is it and um how how does one actually approach it okay well that's a uh pretty interesting question
3: the first one was Satoshi back in the day where he made the first Bitcoin and that started the whole process uh, you know many years ago now you know we can we can share with the audience that there's over 6,000 cryptocurrency coins there's over 400 exchanges on the marketplace and so what many people think that you know the crypto is a hacker Right, because you heard the, the stories with the hoodie and hacking and doing all these nasty things. You know, that, that, that's no longer the, the environment that we're playing. And we're playing in a very, very, very well-structured, very organized environment that boils down to creating smart contracts. Okay. And a smart contract is on the blockchain. And it's it, the blockchain itself is is, is non-corruptible. I mean, it it, it is what it is, and it will always be what it is. Uh, You put a contract in there. I'll give you a quick example of what we're talking about. One of the companies that we're working with has a new movie coming out on uh, Netflix for Christmas. And every single person that's involved in that movie is being paid via the agreement that they signed on the blockchain, okay, And whenever a dollar comes in, in revenue, it is split up immediately as many ways as many people that are there so that they can't come to the actors and say, we didn't make enough revenue, we didn't do this, you know, screenwriters. So it's a perfectly distributed system where when created, it's infallible. And you can't really say that a lot with some of the investments that we make or mutual funds or whatever. Uh, here in the United States and and uh, around the world, so it really is a block chain with chains and and locks up around it and cannot be penetrated once it's created and it cannot and that, be changed either.
1: And hence the name, why why that's called that? Locked. I got you. Okay, uh, Vince, would you like to expand or? Um, yes. A- so when you take a look at what this is you know the difference between fiat currency
4: and digital currency patrick explained it but i like to add like a little kind of flair of it sort of like when you hear the word fiat you think of like a a king or uh, or 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 a government by fiat we decided that we don't have enough you know running a country is pretty expensive so we we should print some more money so by fiat we can print more money uh blockchain most cryptocurrencies a finite amount of the currency or digital currency is, is is minted or planned to be minted. So what that means is that it's uh, the reason that you're seeing a lot of this value being held is because it's a finite resource. It's not one that people can go print out and do as much as they can. And that's what makes part of the value. The other thing that when Patrick's talking about a contract, it's really what the concept, at least on one of the blockchains, and we can explain that if we need to drill into it, it's called a smart contract. It is a self-executing rule that doesn't care what you think. As long as the criteria in the rule set are met, the contract executes. Did you do these three things? And do you have at least this much in your wallet? You can get a loan, right? I'm not going to go talk to FICO. I'm not going to go call your references. And if this person didn't pick up, I'm not going to do it. All these self-executing rules just occur and it just happens. And it completely, uh, you know, levels of playing field for a lot of people that want to come into this, not necessarily um, just for people who are want to use it, but for people want to get into it, they can actually start uh, this, this egalitarian meritocracy that we all say we are really living in. It actually lets that take place. And I think that is one of the most interesting things about it. And that's why you get a lot of people really liking it because as a concept, because it, because it's really great. But now this concept is now materialized into something, into financial a financial framework in which people can just make things happen more efficiently. The movie that Patrick talked about how people get paid, somebody can get paid in 13 seconds.
2: I don't know how and long gonna it And we're going to tell you how to do that in about a minute. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to leave you with that teaser from Vince and yeah. go to break. And we want to remind okay. everyone that today we're featuring – Opus.finance has been our featured sponsor the last couple months and they are a decentralized processing system for the people by the people because enough is enough. We also want to thank Big Events USA, The Red Carpet Connection, Perfect Publishing, Big Events USA, Voice America Affluencers Channel and of course, love on our charity thekeepsmilingmovement.com and we'll be back after these messages.
0: To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com.
1: Now, back to Amplify. Well, this is Ken Roshana on the Influencer Channel of good old Voice America, and we were just talking to Vince about a question about how to put a million dollars in your pocket, and he was just about to tell you, and then we had to go to break, so Vince, would you like to pick up where you were?
4: Well, now what (laughs) I'll tell you is the following. If I had to put a million dollars in your pocket, um, most likely I would wire it from your bank, from my bank to your bank, and that would probably cost me about maybe you know, couple, you know, maybe $10,000, $15,000 just in fees. Mm -hmm. With things like the blockchain and knowing that your address is on another, I can send and transfer money cross borders without any issue. As long as we know who the customer is, as long as we follow all the rules, we can just uh, push that right to you. And that is the backbone of how Opus Finance is really going to um, and is uh, currently able to change how people look at finance, how people look at everything—the ability to move money and take activity as a proxy for—is something as crazy as a credit score. To be able to enable uh, donations to charities and grow organizations, it's going to be one of the most amazing things out there. And that's really our goal: is to get people comfortable with cryptocurrency and blockchain, and then once they see what's available they will absolutely see what Opus can do. And I think they'll just love what they're going to see.
1: And is that uh, complete your answer that you were saying before the break, which had to do with the film being paid out in crypto?
4: Well, and to, and thank you for having the attention span that I don't have. But uh, in in doing that, I would say that Right now, the smart contract that's executed really allows people to, um, it just goes in and says money comes in and the contract says, Andrea gets this, Ken gets this, Patrick gets this, and it just gets executed. There is no question. It gets wired immediately. Everybody sees it and there is no dispute. They call it a trustless framework. I don't have to trust you. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer the agent, oh, you know, I need to put a new payment on my JAG so everybody's going to get a little bit less. (laughs) It just happens and there's nothing anybody can do about it.
1: Okay, so we'll start with you for the next question. Mm -hmm. Um, Patrick alluded to the fact that there's over 6,000 different currencies, just like there's about 6,500 different languages. So why do we need another currency, and how do you know which currencies are either viable or a better bet?
4: You know, I'm not going to be the arbiter of everything, but I'll tell you the lens through which I look at them and how I make decisions about what I look at and what I find interesting. I think what we're doing, of course, um, I find the currency and framework we're working with uh, WPE, WRAP PE and PE to be extraordinarily valuable for what I mentioned earlier. I think blockchain, I think has been the uh, originating thing and it's been the strongest, hardest one. There's been 6,000 attempts at replacing it and it's always come out on top. And I think the uh, framework for decentralized finance runs on Ethereum and Ethereum is going to be uh, a stalwart and a grower. And so I've just, you know, fished three out of, out of 6,000. But then when you take a look at the other ones, really, you know, the honest thing I look at is does the, don't think of it as a coin, think of it as a project and does that project have utility? If it's just, you know, Larry's coin, because Larry and his friends had some beers and thought it would be cool if they kicked out a program over the weekend and has zero utility because they're just trying to make it up. If it has no true utility, and if it has not a thought through process, then there may be questions because it may run out of gas and that investment that you had that may be frothy at the beginning because everybody's excited about a shiny new thing could go and crash. So look for utility. So there are a lot of different decentralized exchanges like Uniswap and Balancer who also have coins that are projects and they have some really extensive operations that are really utilities. And they have a great utility and people should take a look and participate in something that other people are participating in because it's going to be a self fulfilling circle, like a flywheel and that'll grow. I think utility, um, the ability to understand where the people are and whether or not it's been audited and that people, it's really tied to something that really matters to you as a person and that you could spend the time doing the research and if it's all mysterious and it all looks like a bunch of people getting you excited about something that really isn't there, I would hold on, keep your powder dry until you found the thing that really fits. So that's how I sift through them.
1: Very good, and thank you for that um, elaborate and detailed answer. The moving forward in the next three questions, I'm going to ask them to be shorter answers so both of you can respond, mm-hmm. and then we have the rapid fire. So, um, okay. Patrick, would you like to add anything to that uh, comment?
3: He did a great job.
1: Okay, he did a great job. So we're going to go with, um, we're going to go with value. Then, how does a cryptocurrency, get value, create value, and build value? Patrick?
3: It moves pretty much on a parallel basis and a parallel thinking to any stock market. It's supply, it's demand, utility plays an important part here. With and just a little louder,
1: Patrick, sorry.
3: Okay. It's supply and demand and the utility that, that Vince just spoke about is uh, the key things. Um, a lot of coins that you see that are being produced have limited quantities, 38,000. Other coins have 38 million or a billion. You know, use your own brain. You know, you got a billion coins. You know, what's the likelihood that you're going to actually, over time, you know, be successful? Um, so you really have to do your due diligence and thinking. But the basis is very simple. Do your research. Don't take anybody's word for what they say. There's still a lot of people that are trying to, in any financial market, you know, steal your money, um, in in no matter where you are.
1: Okay, so due in, diligence. How would one do that?
3: Well, you can you can look up uh, the company. You can find the coin. You can find the smart contracts on uh, something called, you know, the. Uh, um, where do we go, Vince? To, to I would think you it. could
4: look. You first look at EtherScan. There's Etherscan. a website, EtherScan.org, and then you can follow the thread for it, it, their it project. the project.
3: So you can follow everything. And one thing about what Vince is talking about, what we do, everything is identifiable to everything. Nothing can be hidden. So if you go on the Ethereum chain, you can see who did what, did what, did what, did what, did what and it's very, very, very trackable.
1: Okay, so and we look up. We look up Opus Coin. What is that called?
3: It's uh, it's Opus, uh, it's WPE, is the coin, which means wrapped PE, which means it is wrapped within the Ethereum contracts. WPE.
1: Okay, so to speak- Let me
2: let me add to that real quick though. So um so a wrapped token is that it's uh, it has an asset that backs it up that has the same value to it. Um even if it's not on blockchain um it 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 it's like supported by something it's on blockchain it's just not maybe listed in an exchange yet okay Thank and you. then Thank and
1: you. then Patrick quickly uh the when did this coin come about
3: interestingly enough uh, opus has been in uh, production for three and a half years uh, there's been thirty eight million dollars spent on the uh, platform and we Physically launched it outside of the bubble about 90 days ago. But it's been in production and it's been mined, which is another topic that we should talk about. But it's been mined for three years. Okay. So there's a there's a partner group that started. They've been mining the coins. And uh, it has now just become public, like I said, more public within the last 90 days.
1: So we probably won't have time to go back to mining. So why don't you tangent to mining real quick and just uh, finish that thought.
3: Okay. Mining is, uh, the way that you get your coins is you place your, your dollars into a token, and that token goes onto the blockchain, and then the, the, the software that is created allows that deposit of money to be seen, and it will periodically create more coins for you by mining them just like bitcoin you know you you see these big server racks that for bitcoin right and tons and tons of electricity to create all these coins well within the new process we can do this within a contract we can hit a button and we can from that button get a reward or we get a mining of those coins and those coins accumulate at whatever value that they are at the time and in many cases with what we're doing with incubation and acceleration for new companies we bring them out after we've done all the work where they have a, a coin and a value. When we get involved in them, Ken, we're involved in them before they're even, you know, a, a, an amoeba. We're, we come in at the amoeba state.
1: I get it. When when basically Bitcoin was pennies instead of... Exactly.
3: When okay. I bought my first one for a yeah. dollar. Right.
1: Okay. So uh, why don't you speak to that, the, uh, and then we're going to move over to Vincent very quickly. Uh, Vince. Um, how much was um the wpe when it first came out 90 days ago what is it now
3: and when what, we first started mining it, it was at a zero value okay? okay
1: and shortly after that
3: and so in the last 90 days it has risen to i believe today it's around eight hundred dollars per coin
1: okay so if you bought some or invested you would have quite a substantial increase in that investment already
3: correct and we don't need to go where we think it's going to go it doesn't matter it is what it is right now and from zero dollars in 90 days is uh pretty pretty impressive
1: yes and and... i would
3: i would
4: add that the reason that it is promising and the reason that all this stuff works so well is the fact that it's part of a platform that has real utility there are over a dozen patrick projects that are based upon the Opus blockchain who have initiatives that range from charities to clean water, to energy, to hotels, to tokenizing real estate. And they all have the ability to use this. And they're all building their own enterprises on the Opus blockchain. And right now the Opus blockchain white paper won't be published until the spring. And so what we've been doing right now is creating the platforms and launching with partners using using the tool and the coin to really help drive real value via the Opus Finance framework um, and so in essence people are experiencing the power of Opus on the Ethereum blockchain and the next step is to move them into the the the, the Opus blockchain the reason it's called as, as Andrea and Patrick uh, alluded to I know this is rapid fire <laughs> This is not uh,
1: It's just short answers right now. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. This the reason it's because there's an Opus blockchain that doesn't exist on the Ethereum blockchain, where a tremendous amount of the transactions are taking place. So what needed to happen is they needed to take some of the value coins from the Opus blockchain, put them somewhere, and then mint those into the Ethereum blockchain. So there's a one for one. So they can put them in a put them in cold storage in the Opus blockchain, and then use that same accounting to bring them out in the Ethereum blockchain. We put them in a smart contract with the algorithm that says we will mint out you know x number of these per minute per second per millisecond and it's going to be minted out relative to a pro rata share of what you've um placed in a liquidity pool or a whole decentralized finance package and that is how people are earning and minting you know wpe at this point so there's actually an advantage that they have the ability to actually earn more on their investment above and beyond WPE, but at the same time earn this WPE in the anticipation of this project, which we are more than happy to talk about with anyone, that when this project comes up, not only have they made money and stuff that they can go in and, and um, buy or sell right now on the Ethereum blockchain, like Ethereum or anything else, they do have the ability to have uh, a ticket to dance and the, um, the the Opus blockchain, but since WPE does have value, they'll have a chance to capitalize on that as well. So it's sort of like a trifecta and as much as a nobody in Opus gets any of this. I want right. to be super perfectly clear. We don't get any of this money. This is not like a Ponzi scheme. It just goes into a publicly available exchange and the value is really about the coins that you have because when you have these coins, you are part of this 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 network and this framework and that is a ticket to... A whole ecosystem of just power that um
1: so the supply and demand is value. the supply and demand is uh increased as a result of sharing this opportunity for all
4: yeah. i think the the value of the coins the, the relative value of the coins is increased by sharing this opportunity because not unlike the other coins we talked about
3: there's a limited amount of those coins in circulation okay so we're
1: going to go to um rapid right, fire 10, pretty 10, soon 10 seconds. Go, ahead. go ahead
3: i'm going to break it down you put a dollar in your cd you get an interest rate. You put a dollar in Opus and you get a coin. It's exactly the same relationship. You mind interest rate for your deposit of your CD. When you buy a, a coin or a token, you mine another token or you mine another crypto coin of that equal to the relationship in your mindset of interest rate in a CD.
1: Okay, here we go. So we're going to be getting okay. to rapid fire super, super soon. So okay. I want you to raise your hand or your finger if you want to take this next question. There's only two more questions. Like two more questions. And yes, V for love, okay? Okay. So for question number one, um, you, you need some milk or some bread. You got to go to the grocery store. When can we expect that you can actually use this in mainstream America, the mall grocery stores? Who would like to answer that? Go ahead, Vince.
4: Um, you're going to be able to, uh, very, uh, within a couple of uh month we're going to have a, an Opus wallet that allows you to uh, use almost something like a debit card that automatically will transform your Opus into fiat cash to be able to use on the fly with, with a debit cards and a wallet.
1: Yep. Awesome. Uh, last question with regard to crypto, and I'll turn it over to Andrea to sweep with anything I left out, but uh, it's almost Christmas. Uh, people are writing their Santa list, and they want to get in crypto. Patrick, would you like to answer how they would get into crypto this month? Or Vince, would you like to? Who?
3: Want me
1: yes, good Vince. Second,
3: but just con, you know, basically contact us, and we are we have education programs that we're sharing with people. You know how to do that, where to go, how to create yeah, metamask. So, so that link will be available,
1: Vince. Anything else, uh, add? We're
3: available to do that and help.
4: Yeah, we'll link. We can make that link available at the end of the show in your show notes. If right. that's, you know, how this works, we can make that happen, how we can set up a time. We we do regular webinars uh, just to explain people how to get into crypto, not necessarily what we're doing because we just think
1: it's a place people should be. All right. Super. And then, Andrea, for those of you question. who
2: follow the show, you can just reach out to me, and uh, I can get you to where you need to go for all those places for the communities on Facebook and Telegram to get that information. Um, and also, just to remind people too that um, the platform that we talked about, um, that the monies for that was donated by people who wanted to create um, opportunities for people all over the world to have equal footing, to have access to money. So it's it was a gift to the world. And um, the people who are behind this—they've had both financial and development um, uh, knowledge and interests and hands in in projects that have been very successful, like Microsoft, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, TikTok, you know, monetized Farmville, Fortnite, you know, things like that. So these people have been very successful in what they've done in the past, and so they have a good reputation. And part of this too is when you have these coins, it's not just about money or abundance, it's about having a vote as well. So when you have these coins, when you decide what other things that you're going to invest in, you're actually investing in other businesses and companies and ideas. And so you as a person are voting in what our possible future is um, and who's going to be able to be creating new technology and innovation and, and doing great things for the world humanitarian and likewise. And we have about, Six minutes, Ken.
1: Okay, so that's enough time to take a deep dive into some rapid fire. And uh, I'm sure you guys can weave in that your the book that changed your life was a crypto book that was written by so, – <laughs> so here we go. A book that changed your life, Patrick.
3: Uh, think and Grow Rich.
1: I've heard the that one before. You Napoleon know? yes. Hill? Yeah. <laughs> Vince?
4: Uh, it was, Reginald Lewis is like, why should white guys have all the fun?
2: I'm buying
1: that today. I'm buying that today. <laughs>
2: and then I would like to know, what is the song that you listen to to really get you jazzed up?
1: Patrick? Uh, Patrick? Um,
3: it's actually an Indian spiritual song about David and Goliath, and that gets me uh, that gets me going.
1: Do you know the name of it? Or are you going to just share a link later?
3: Uh, running Wind, I think. Uh, I did. I would have looked it up earlier, but I'll. I'll well, just...
1: no, we'll we'll get the link and put it out there. I'd like to hear it. Okay, Vince. I think the entire Miles Davis Kind of Blue album. That is a spectacular album. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 inspires one to get a good haircut, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie <laughs> that inspires you, Patrick.
3: Uh, just go on the internet and look up uh, Spartans the Three Hundred. Um, yeah. It kind of encap- encapsulates the whole mindset of OPUS and what we're doing, and how we link arms together to provide a force that nobody can break.
1: Well done, young man. Well done, Vince.
4: <laughs> you know, there really, you know, a, a movie that really inspires me was—I uh, forget the name—it was a cowboy movie, but it was the first uh, cowboy movie I saw with uh, all black cowboys, right? And that was the coolest thing because. I didn't realize until I like, write that second that people have real authorship in movies, and that was uh, that was really that would inspire me just to not just take everything for granted for however it's been presented, to take ownership of the of the projection, not just the reception.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. With
2: my daughter being an equestrian, we always get excited when we see people of culture and color riding horses. We're like, yes, finally, you know, because uh, that's it a great opportunity.
4: Could have been. It was the one with Mario Van Peebles Jr.
1: Yeah, I think that's the possibility.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. Um, I want to know what you wanted to be when you were little, what you wanted to be when you grew up, Patrick.
3: Uh, I just wanted to be someone who cares for other people. And my whole life, since building an orphanage in Zambia and we run today, I just wanted to be somebody that would grow up and be able to give
2: back. Nice. Yeah. He has a beautiful, a beautiful organization.
1: And we might is add that you? uh, your give back to the key smiley movement is noted, appreciated, and will make such a difference for dental and mental health. So thank you, Patrick. Vince. Vince. What did I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to be my dad. Um,
4: he was, you know, he made something, you know, out of nothing and he, got even bigger than what he wanted and he never stopped having a sense of humor. He's about five foot, 10, I know five foot, six. And when you see him, he looks like the tallest guy in the room it's just because he just has a power personality. And when my friends come over, they all want to go hang out with him and they put me in the other room. So that's who, yeah, that's who I wanted to be.
1: All right. We have t- uh, qu- uh, time for two mm-hmm. really quick questions and quick answers. So um, your hero, Patrick, my hero was my
3: grandfather.
1: Okay, and Vince. Well, I already told you who I wanted to be,
4: so that was that was That's pretty awesome much hero. pretty so much. So the
1: person, how about uh, the person you would like to? What's your dad's be? name? Well, George, I... but
4: but I think the the other person would be my grandmother because she was like uh, a nineteen thirties version of a
1: Catherine Hepburn. Okay, on and the riding, riding riding horses and everything. It's great. Final okay. question is. Uh, Patrick, a quote you live by.
3: Uh, I wake up every morning, and the quote that I live by is kind of like one I made up myself: is do the best that I can for the most people you can.
1: Vince,
4: that I do unto others as you would have them do unto you.
1: Well, you both been. Mm-hmm. Amplified, and you both have been a wonderful mm-hmm. guest and leaders in, obviously, a new opportunity, a new abundance, and a new mindset for creating a much better 2021 than we've had <laughs> for a 2020. So thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Andre, if you'd like to give our shout-out to our sponsors. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So we know we gave you just a touch, just a taste of Opus.Finance. Uh, certainly, uh, it's a topic that could have its own hour every day, and you still would be going what <laughs> and we want to thank Finance for being a sponsor of amplified with ken rishan and executive producer andre adams miller uh, and we want to also thank big events usa perfect publishing the red carpet connection the umbrella syndicate and we want to remind people to share love for the keep smiling our 5013c nonprofit mental and dental health organization and ken would you like to take us out
1: Yes, I would. I'd like to first of all say, Aaron, happy birthday, and Vince, love. i got to say, this is a new sign I'm going to be incorporating in my Mm -hmm. life. So wonderful to have you guys. We look forward to a wonderful relationship with you in in the future. Stay amplified. Have a happy holiday.
3: Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you.